Hello, you're listening to A Little Bit of Largum, a podcast exploring how to find a more balanced, sustainable and mindful approach to living, to support your well-being, the well-being of others and of the planet too. I hope that you're well and this episode, I apologise if it's not the best quality, I'm literally just recording this as a voice note on my phone. So sorry about that if it's not the best, but... As this chaotic year draws to a close, I wanted to try and take a moment to reflect on some of the things that I've learned, mistakes that I've made and nuggets of wisdom that have really stuck with me from all the wonderful people that I've spoken to. And I'm also looking forward to hearing how all of these experiences inform what I'm trying and planning to do moving forwards. This episode is being recorded very close to Christmas, so if you are celebrating, however odd it may be this year, I'm wishing you a warm, cosy, merry Christmas wherever you find yourself. I'm not a huge New Year's resolution person, but I do feel that it's a good time to be reflective on the year and maybe set some focus points or goals moving forward that help bring a bit of focus and motivation as we move into the new year. Although I have been witness to the incredible power of New Year's resolutions through a wonderful conversation I had in episode 16 with the crap activist, who has done an awesome job at sticking to her resolution of making one change for the better every day since January the 1st, 2020. It's so inspiring to see how much had changed in their actions and perspectives in this time. And if you're needing some New Year motivation, definitely check this one out. So since I've already kind of started, let's reflect on some of the episodes of the podcast so far. And I want to share some key things that I've taken away from them. And please feel free to get in touch with me about things that you've learned from the episodes so far. Either you can send me a message on a little bit of largum at gmail.com. Just drop me a little email or you can find me on Instagram at a little bit of largum. So going right back to the start of the podcast, I had a few solo episodes focusing on topics such as plastic pollution, food waste, food footprint and food ethics. So a lot about our choices around food and what it's packaged in. These episodes were broken up with an episode chatting about looking after our well-being in amongst learning and acting upon all of this shocking information. So here are some of the key shock factors if you're ready. So right now, there are 51 trillion microplastics in the sea and up to 12.7 million tonnes of plastic enter the ocean every year. And to make this more relatable, that's the equivalent of a truckload of plastic entering the ocean every minute. Every single minute, a whole truck of plastic entering the ocean. That's so overwhelming. And that's why trying to reduce our plastic where we can is so, so important. Another quote that I found really resonant was that, according to the UN, a global shift towards plant-based food is vital if we're to combat the worst effects of climate change. Globally, animal agriculture is responsible for more greenhouse gases than all of the world's transportation systems combined. So it really does have a huge impact, just thinking about what we're eating, how much that can impact on the climate. Also, according to the UN, with further support from multiple studies, globally, a third of food goes to waste. 1.8 billion people could be fed with the food waste produced globally. So basically, all of the world's nearly 1 billion hungry people could be fed on less than a quarter of the food that's wasted, 
in the US, UK and Europe. And that's according to Olio, which is an awesome food waste prevention app that I definitely recommend you getting. There's also a website which is called waterfootprint.org and this is so useful for seeing the water usage and wastage of different types of food production processes. A report in the Journal of Environmental Research Letters states that the water footprint of any animal product is larger than the water footprint of any crop alternative with equivalent nutritional value. So that's a really important thing to consider if you're looking at animal products and the environmental impacts. It's not just kind of the methane and CO2 release, not just the animal ethics, but the water footprint as well. And so just to kind of um, give a more tangible representation of this, if you think about one dairy cow, one dairy cow requires 145 pounds of feed and 35 gallons of water per day. That is a crazy amount. Sorry, I'm just like firing quotes at you now, but these are some quotes that really resonated with me that I've found over the episodes that I've been researching for. Another one of these, which I found super important because I always used to be very skeptical about soy and going vegan and eating more soy products like tofu and tempeh. But according to USDA estimates, 87% of the global soy output is produced into soy oil and soy cake, which is almost entirely used as animal feed. And actually, only 6% of global soy output is actually used for food for human consumption. So that really goes to show that it's not humans consuming soy directly that's the problem. It's the mass amounts that are being used in animal feed and also in some industrial processes. And another thing just to highlight the amount of waste involved in a lot of animal agriculture, if you think about one hamburger... This is a statistic I got from The Sustainability Secret, which is an incredible book for learning about so much of the implications around the production of animal products. And this statistic is that to produce one hamburger requires 660 gallons of water, 55 square feet of cleared rainforest, and the amount of water is the equivalent of showering for two months. So if you're trying to reduce your water usage in the home, but are still consuming meat products regularly, it might be something to consider that actually reducing your meat intake could have a huge impact. All of the information in some of these episodes was super overwhelming, so we then took some time to check in with well-being. And an analogy that I found that really stuck with me is that we don't wait until you develop a cavity in a tooth or until your teeth start falling out before you decide it's important to brush them. You know the value of brushing them at least every morning and every night just to help make sure that they're healthy. And the same applies with our mental health. We can't only start to acknowledge it when it becomes a problem in our lives. Our mental health is with us throughout our entire life. And so its state will fluctuate day to day and sometimes even minute to minute. So we really need to take the time to check in with ourselves more often and find things that work for us to help look after our well-being. And so episode five really focused on this and also looked at the Largham outlook on well-being, which I found really interesting when researching into it. 
And this is a good episode to go to if you want to check out some tips for supporting your well-being. The food ethics episode was a very heavy one, but it's one that feels really important uh, to talk about when looking at the injustices within our food industry. It's not only looking at different types of food, but also problems with chain companies, deforestation, water usage, animal cruelty, breaching of human rights, and all of these issues that surround food production. Another quote from Sustainability Secret, because it's just such an informative book, it says, nor is it only the biodiversity of plants, animals, and insects that's decimated by the obliteration of rainforests. More than 6 million indigenous people once lived in the Amazon rainforests. There are now, because of the loss of forests, less than a quarter of a million. That is so shocking that because of our actions in consuming more and more and requiring the clearing of rainforests, we've actually lost 5.75 million indigenous people because of our greed and that's just horrific and so it goes to show that it's not just an animal rights issue or an exploitation of resources issue it's a human injustice issue that really needs to take a forefront when we're talking about these things if we do look for a moment into the animal welfare as well the meat and dairy industry there's a statistic which gets me every time um, regarding animal agriculture and this is how roughly 60 billion land animals and over a trillion marine animals are used and killed as commodities per year and that's a quote from madeline olivia a website that i would really recommend is the food empowerment project because it has so much information on the ethics of our food choices and super useful resources surrounding it. I'm so grateful to have discovered this website in my research and I refer back to it a lot actually to inform my choices, whether that's in the type of chocolate I'm buying and I actually went there around Christmas when I wanted to get some chocolates for family members because I knew that I could buy from a list where the ethics are more in line with my values. So now moving on to some of the interview episodes, I'm so grateful to have met and spoken with some truly wonderful people. It's so difficult to summarise briefly all the valuable insights and perspectives that they shared so openly and I really do recommend that you listen to what they have to say. But just to give a quick summary of each one. The first ever guest I had on the podcast was Kathleen Verendia. And there was so much useful information in this episode on sustainable fashion and highlighting the problems with fast fashion. For example, in 2000, the amount we consumed in relation to clothing was about 60% less than we do now on average. That's a crazy increase in just 20 years, so it really shows how much of a huge problem this is. She goes through how we can spot fast fashion. She talks about greenwashing and the problem that this has in companies trying to show that actions are ethical when actually almost everything their company is doing is so unethical. So it's something we really have to watch out for. She also recommended following Remake Our World, which you can follow on Instagram. And this is super useful for finding important petitions to sign and educating yourself about the issues within fast fashion. And also think about downloading the Good On You app if you haven't already, because this lets you evaluate how 
ethical a company is in their actions in different areas so that you can be more informed about the choices you're making and who you're purchasing from. I wanted to share with you a little quote from the episode from Kathleen and she says sustainability is living your life so you can hopefully leave what resources you had for future generations. Balancing environment equity and social justice and the economy. It's also important to keep a balance in yourself and do what makes sense in your life. You have to be able to sustain your mental health and that's a super important thing to highlight is that we can only keep making these positive changes if we're looking after ourselves too. And finding that balance is so important. I really hope to have Kathleen back on the podcast. She told me how she's been researching on indigenous people whose lands have been stolen by national parks. And having more insight into this is something I think we could all learn more about. And a lot of us don't know, including myself, don't know much about at all. Um, So... Yeah, I really hope I can get her back on the podcast to chat about those things. So the next interview episode was with Randy Simino, who was the founder of Greener Kinder Smarter, a no-waste store. A super important thing that was taken away from this episode is how your age doesn't matter about starting new adventures. She shares awesome, great zero-waste tips in this episode, and if you're considering starting a zero-waste store venture... On whatever scale, this episode could be especially of interest to you. The way Randy was able to balance setting up this store with her full-time job is something that's super inspiring, and it was really lovely chatting with her. The next episode also focused more on zero-waste living with Alicia, who you can now find at The Sustainable Scientist on Instagram. Her account is such a feel-good place to go to, I really love it. And this episode is great for tips on journeying towards zero waste, breaking down the five R's of zero waste, which I'd not previously heard of. She also shares some great bread recipes and discussing veganism. A couple of quotes from the episode that really resonated with me is she says, it's sort of odd how we are brought up to think that eating meat and other animal products is normal and we don't really question it. She also says, some people might think I'm extreme, not buying things in plastic. Other people might not think I'm doing enough. You just have to find what works for you and be kind to yourself. And that's such a crucial message. I'm so happy she shared. She also says, just because there are things in our society that seem normal doesn't mean that they're okay. We've definitely normalized things that should not be normal. So it's really important we start questioning the actions we're taking in our lives. She shares a really good app called Share Waste app for composting, which is definitely in New Zealand, but it might not be in other countries. But if you are listening from New Zealand, maybe check that out and then you can start composting your waste. The first guest I had on the podcast who I interviewed in real person was Martha Powell, and it was so wonderful to chat to her in person. We talked about finding balance with social media and the steps she's taking to being more sustainable. We also had a super interesting conversation around speciesism and how we see some animals as pets and yet others are considered as food. It was really interesting talking about this and I'm so grateful that she was open to talking about these contradictions. We also covered a little bit on confirmation bias and algorithms on social media, as well as challenges she's facing in being more sustainable and the steps she's taken. 
She brings such a positive energy and yeah, if you haven't listened to it, she's a really cool person. She's also a harpist, which is awesome. She's very talented. Another interview I had with someone that I know and I'm actually now living with in Sweden is Matilda Bjarnum, who's also a dancer. We talked about her relationship to Lagom as she grew up in Sweden and obviously it had a big impact on how it shaped her life in so many ways. We talk about the importance of opening up and allowing space for conversation and making mistakes, recognising that what we think and believe now can change when we learn new things and gain new experiences. It's so important to be open to making mistakes and learning from them because this is how we begin to do better. We talked about how Lagom's integrated into the Swedish way of life, the differences that she felt when moving to the UK, and we discussed her appreciation for nature, our views around capitalism and advertisement in shaping the very disposable culture we live in. We talk about tribalism in social media and considering the difference between individual and collective responsibility when approaching environmental and social injustices. I also did a solo episode talking about tech waste, which I've only started learning more about recently. Because I didn't see myself as a super tech savvy person, I think I didn't think it applied to me. But actually, like we all have a lot of electronics and it's so important that we know how to dispose of them responsibly. I still have so much to learn about this and I want to have a guest on to talk about this in a future episode, but I'm still searching for someone. So if you do know of anyone, please do get in touch as I'd love to speak to someone who knows more about this. The interview with Scott Thompson was incredibly informative as he's super knowledgeable through working for the Environmental Association for Universities and Colleges. He really draws on the complexities in sustainable development on company and government levels and how much they should be held accountable for. Something he talked about that really struck me was the gap that he mentions between education and sustainable jobs. For example, in Scotland, there's a big push towards hydrogen power, but nowhere in Scotland is actually teaching students about it. Yet it's a huge part of Scotland's sustainable development plans, which is really bizarre. Students are still being taught about gas and oil, and they are resources we're trying to move away from. So why is it that we're still learning about those, but there's no one teaching about the sources of energy that we're trying to work towards? He also talks about the COP negotiations and how undemocratic and unfair the systems are. He also draws attention to how we're failing on all of the biodiversity targets and that this just isn't being prioritised, even though it's so incredibly important. He also shares such an interesting perspective on the Oatly scandal, the idea of Oatly selling their soul to Blackstone, who've been involved in a lot of unethical practices. If you've been stressing about trying to boycott Oatly or whether you should be buying from them, definitely I'd advise you listen to his perspective on this because it's really insightful and, yeah, makes you see it from a different angle, which is so important. A quote that he shared that I think is important for all of us to think about sometimes is that we can only try our best. It's not up to each individual to solve the climate crisis. Of course, each of us have a role but we have to recognise that some things just aren't in our control and we shouldn't be blaming ourselves for those things. We should focus on the things that we can do better. I briefly mentioned already the crap activist conversation. 
It was so uplifting and inspiring. Her family have made so many awesome steps in their lives and it's rippling outward, which is really great to see. She has such a bubbly and positive energy. So if you're feeling hopeless, this episode is definitely one for you. She shares what she's learned, their fails and a fabulous mantra, which is we feel good about what we do and not bad about what we don't. Okay, someone next door has just started playing the harmonica. Um, I don't know if you can hear it or not, so I'm sorry if you do, but I'm going to continue anyway. So then the next interview was with Jasmine Harrison, who is such an awesome person, and I definitely recommend that you check out her Sunday brunch blog posts because they're super informative and feel good and just share a little bit of everything and you can take from it what feels useful for you. It's such a lovely space, so please go check it out. Jasmine's focused upon building community which feels more inclusive and sharing important information in a way that feels more accessible. We're all still learning and none of us are perfect. There's so much room for growth and being open to that is so important. Some really eye-opening and insightful and relevant quotes that she shares. I'm going to read a few of them, but there were so many and I couldn't choose enough of them. So I really do recommend you check out this episode. So the first one. I truly believe that if we do not centre Indigenous voices, marginalised voices, disabled people, issues surrounding accessibility in climate solutions, then they're not solutions. It has to be a holistic approach. She's so true in saying this, and it is so important that we do centre a diversity of voices, otherwise the solution does not represent the whole of humanity. We need to hear from different perspectives in order to build a solution that actually supports everyone. So I really resonate so much with what she's saying here. Another quote is that when it comes to the climate crisis, that is a human problem. Industrialization, colonization, capitalism has all rapidly sped us into the climate crisis that we're now living in. Jasmine also really highlights the intersectionality in the environmentalist movement and why it's so crucial that we recognise this. Otherwise, any solutions we come to aren't really solutions at all. And one last quote I want to share with you from the episode amongst so many other wonderful gems of wisdom. She says, There's one Earth. There's no other place for us to go. Anything happening on a microcosmic level has impacts on a macro level. It's all connected and we should all care. I learned so much from this conversation and also just had a wonderful chat with Jasmine and we've agreed that we're going to find a way to meet someday in person, which would be awesome. I then had a lovely interview with Jamjar Jill, who focuses a lot on holistic health as well as eco-friendly living. She shares her experiences on trying to live in a more eco-friendly way as a mother of twins. A few quotes from the episode are, doing little things every day can make a big difference and it doesn't have to take up much time in your day. She gives some examples of what she means by this and some little things that we can try and fit in where we can, both to support our well-being and to help the planet a bit too. She also says that we should look at our whole body and look at how it's all interconnected and this comes into the holistic health approach and recognising how it really is all linked. She shares some great book recommendations and advice to parents. 
She also says that we should remind ourselves of the positive changes that we're already making and celebrate that. She really believes in focusing on controlling the controllables because that's so much more empowering than focusing on all the things that we can't change. And then this takes us up to the most recent episode, which was with Xenia. Xenia talks about her zero waste and minimalist journey and her masters in sustainable development and the things that she learned in that time. She focuses a lot on bringing awareness to the barriers to sustainability and the impact that privilege has on living in this kind of way. Recognising the privilege of knowledge and the responsibility that comes with this to make the information more accessible for others. We also talk about how economic growth is not sustainable and she shares her perspectives on the faults with the capitalist system, which is so insightful. A couple of quotes from the interview. The premise that we can be developing and growing endlessly and still not destroy the planet is false. I resonate with this so much. We can't just keep developing and growing and producing and consuming because we're living on a planet with finite resources. That's just not sustainable. She also says, remind yourself that even comparing to the moment when you started, you've already done so many amazing things. So if you are feeling overwhelmed and feeling like what you're doing doesn't matter, think about how far you've come from the first change you made to try and help the environment a little bit. I guarantee that you've already done so much. And of course, we need to keep trying to do more. But if we don't take a moment to recognise how far we've come, how are we going to have the motivation to keep going and not just burn ourselves out? Xenia also opens up conversations around mental health and is creating a supportive space to talk about it. She shares tips for managing eco-anxiety and the importance of not shaming others for the choices they're making, as we are all living in different situations with differing levels of privilege, which is so important to continue to remember. She also shares how crucial it is to continue to learn and then act upon the information if you're in a position where you can. There's also a really awesome part in the conversation where we digress a little bit, but she talks about how we're made up of microbes, all doing their quiet work. And she was even saying how sometimes if you want a chocolate bar, are you really wanting the chocolate bar or is it just your microbes telling you? Which I found quite interesting. But she also has an amazing way of relaying this to the bigger picture. These microbes doing their quiet work are all a part of our systems. In the same way, microbes, plants, animals and humans are all part of this complex ecosystem and they all have value. We need to recognise how it's all interconnected and the impacts that our actions have on other aspects around the world. She also shares some great book recommendations and we talk a lot about appreciation for nature and the incredible powers of trees. There's so much that I want to mention about all of these episodes and I can't do these people enough credit for their generosity in what they've shared. Thank you all so much. I'm so grateful to each and every one of you who came on the podcast to chat with me. It really means so much. I hope that this outlaying of information from the episode so far hasn't been too overwhelming or disjointed, but I really thought it would be good to take a moment to reflect on what's happened so far from starting the podcast. Even if it only captures an essence, it might also help signpost you to any useful episodes that you'd like to listen to, if you haven't already. 
I know it's been useful for me also to take a moment to look back on what's happened so far, the people I've spoken to, what I've taken away from it and how that's shaped my perspectives and my actions every day. So in terms of moving forwards and some goals that I'm setting, after an overwhelmingly positive response on a recent Instagram poll, for January, inspired by Veganuary, I will be focusing on raising awareness about veganism, speaking to some people I find super inspiring who will share their experiences, advice and perspectives on veganism. I was super happy that you guys were so up for hearing more about veganism. And I hope that these episodes will be useful for you. And I'm super excited to speak with the guests that I have lined up for it. Hopefully it will be a great month of useful information to help inspire you to go a little bit closer towards veganism, even if you're not ready to go all the way. Or even to just start considering it if you haven't thought much about it before. Another goal that I'm setting is that I really want to get more involved in community projects once they start up again in my area. Obviously, COVID has had a lot of impact on in-person community projects that were going ahead before. Um, But hopefully things start to improve in the future or even if there's digital things, I just want to take the time to look into it more and see what I can do on a local level to help make a difference. I also want to take some time to reevaluate where I'm expending emotional energy. A week or two ago, I hit a huge point of overwhelm where I was focusing so much on my individual choices that are sometimes out of my control. And I was getting so frustrated at myself and I had a few days of really bad eco-anxiety and I've realised that it's really important that I find a way to better spend my energy on engaging with community, learning more about social injustices and how I can unlearn my inbuilt prejudices, for example. There are great resources out there and I'll leave some links in the descriptions. But I just think it's so important that when we are feeling overwhelmed and swamped by the things out of our control, we need to find ways to root ourselves back to the learning and things that we can do differently in our lives so that we don't just keep being overwhelmed by all the things we wish we could do that society is just not making easy for us. And it definitely left me feeling emotionally exhausted and I'm sure there's many of you out there who have experienced similar things no matter what has led you to that point of emotional exhaustion. So taking time to reevaluate where I'm directing my energy is something that I think I really need to do. I'm also getting involved in a few projects which I'm really happy are combining my artistic work as a dance artist with raising awareness for environmental issues and I'm really excited about this and I hope I can share more about these things with you as their processes begin to develop. I'm also going to dedicate more time to signposting to people doing incredible work so that you can listen to all the amazing things that they're doing, be inspired and learn so much from a diverse range of people doing very different things, living very different experiences. I also do have a lot of figuring out to do being in Sweden with Brexit implications and hopefully moving to an apartment where I can find somewhere to rent if I can find somewhere to rent and figuring out all of those fun logistical things um, which does feel a little bit overwhelming at times but I will get there. In this little break over Christmas I'm also going to try and do some DIY things if I have a bit more time over the Christmas period. I'm going to see which ones are successful and hopefully keep them in my routine and if they are successful I'll share them with you and also share my fails because that's super important as well. 
What goals are you going to be setting for the next few weeks or months ahead? I'd love to hear from you. And I just want to quickly mention a couple of failures because we all have them and it's important that we raise awareness about that and don't shy away from the fact that none of us are perfect. We're all just trying to do our best and we have to accept that sometimes that's not as good as we would like it to be. So one of these has been is I haven't been able to be as plastic free as I hope to be recently. It becomes very difficult, I think, when you're living in a city where you have limited time because you're trying to work and manage things and you can't go to like four different grocery shops to try and get everything and sadly we don't live super close to the zero waste shop that I normally love to go to but we normally go there to get like our beans lentils and chia seeds and things like that that last a while but sadly I haven't found anywhere that does a lot of vegetables plastic free so when I go to the supermarket whatever ones I can buy plastic free I do but then I'm starting to feel really bad about the frozen veg and buying that in plastic so I need to find more of a solution to that I found a solution with buying things in cardboard but then one of the things that I bought in cardboard it then had plastic inside it which was just really infuriating because I bought this alternative which was more expensive because I thought it was more environmentally friendly only to then find it also had plastic inside and maybe to some people these sound like things that are silly to get super hung up on because there are huge companies like Nestle, like Coca-Cola, like many others, the list could go on for a long time, who are doing awful things, chain restaurants, other companies that are producing food very unethically And my one action isn't much at all in compared to them, but it doesn't mean I don't still feel bad about it and that I wish it was different. But it's kind of these little things, again, it's reevaluating where I'm putting my energy because if I make myself feel awful about these little things, there's so many awful things happening in the world that I can do more towards trying to make better. So it's better to focus on them. And I'm not saying to let go of everything and then just buy everything in single-use plastic, but it's doing what you can and within your situation and means in that time. Focusing on that and then what you can't address in that area that you wish you could. Focusing on the other things that we can do in other areas, whether that's signing petitions or joining community groups or doing some unlearning, following anti-racism resources, learning about issues within the LGBTQ plus community, thinking about barriers to accessibility within the environmental movement, what you can do to help within that. Can you raise the voices of people who are not being heard from? And yeah, just trying to see, I think that's a big thing. I'm really wanting to evaluate where in different parts of my life can I make more positive changes rather than focusing on these seemingly little things when I could have a bigger impact somewhere else. So yeah. Another mistake that I've made recently is when I'm wanting to talk more about intersectional environmentalism and raise awareness about it. I made a post about it and I'm really glad that someone got in contact with me about this is I made a post talking about it and I credited Leah Thomas, of course, for her sort of coining of the term intersectional environmentalism which I think is a concept that's been around for longer but hasn't really been termed but I didn't mention Kimberly Crenshaw and it's so important that I don't assume people's knowledge of this when sharing about it and Kimberly Crenshaw is a wonderful civil rights advocate among many other things and 
she is a leading scholar of critical race theory and she actually proposed the theory of intersectionality. So if people aren't aware of the term, which not everyone is, it's important to become aware of her. And she does a wonderful TED Talks talking about intersectionality, specifically linking it to feminism. And that I will leave a link to in the notes because it's really important to understand where these terms originate from and who to credit for them. So I'm really grateful to be messaged about that so that I can also add her to the description so that people can learn more directly about where these terms originated from. Another mistake that I've been making a lot at the moment, and again, it might sound like a little thing to some people, but I have downloaded Ecosia on my laptop because it's a much better way. If you don't know of Ecosia, I'm sure you do, but they plant a tree for every search that you do. So I much prefer using that than using something like Google or Safari. But on my phone, I keep forgetting to use it and I'm using Google Chrome, even though I have Ecosia downloaded. So that's a big shift I'm going to try and change in my habits to use that more because it might seem like a seemingly small shift, but all of these small shifts do really add up. Um, so if you haven't downloaded Ecosia on your phone or on your laptop, download it and start using it because all these little things do really help. And also, I'm sure there are so many more mistakes that I'm making. I think a big thing at the moment isn't necessarily a mistake, but I don't know if anyone else finds this, but as it gets towards the end of the year, I start to realise there's a lot of things that I'm running out of, and then I get really reluctant about buying any of them, because I try and make use of what I already have rather than buying new things, so that then when it actually does come to buying new things, I feel so overwhelmed with trying to make a good choice. And I don't know if anyone else relates to this. So if you do, I'd also love to hear from you. So like there's a lot of things at the moment with buying like new pens, buying new notebooks. I'm running out of a lot of makeup. And it's kind of that balance as well of I don't have a lot of disposable income at the moment at all. So I'm wanting to buy the ethical alternatives but then I'm also trying to go as long as I can without having to buy anything, which is a good thing, but at some point I'm going to need to buy them. So I'm having to try and navigate that and when I go about buying them, which order to buy them in, where to buy them from, what's the most ethical choice and all of that. Um, but yes, so there's just a few things and I'm going to stop rambling now. I'm sorry, I feel like I'm rambling a lot at the moment, um, but I would love to hear from you guys and what you've been learning, what you've been changing, challenges that you're facing, or any feedback that you'd like to give me on how I can make the podcast more of what you'd like to hear. I really hope that you have a wonderful Christmas and New Year, and I'm sending you all my love and best wishes. If you can support the podcast financially, please check out the coffee account as all donations go straight back into the podcast production fees and every little bit really does help. If you aren't in a financial position to do so, I completely understand and I'd be so grateful if you could share these things that you've learned with family and friends and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcast. It would really mean so much. If you want to get in touch on any of the things that I've asked you about, you can find me on Instagram at a little bit of largum, or you can send me an email to a little bit of largum at gmail.com. I'd really love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll speak to you again soon. Bye.